Welcome to Muskegon History and Beyond with the Lakeshore Museum Center. My name is Pat Horn. For today's episode, we are going to examine the life of Muskegon's first mayor, a man who also was instrumental in the creation of Muskegon as a county in itself. A man who was very well loved. In fact, I pondered titling this episode, just a nice man overall, but it didn't quite have a ring to it. Join me now, though, as we look at the life of Chauncey Davis. Like most who ended up in Muskegon, Chauncey Davis was born on the East Coast. Born in 1812 in New York on March 15th, Chauncey was one of six kids. When he was 17, his father passed away. This was followed three years later when his mother died. Death of loved ones would be a theme in his life, as we shall see. Upon the death of his mother, Davis used the education he had acquired to obtain a position as a teacher in New York. He worked as a teacher for about two years when he received news that one of his brothers in Chicago was very ill. Chauncey left to go and see his brother, but discovered that by the time he got there, his brother had healed and in fact had left to travel eastward. So Davis stayed in Chicago for a time working on carpentry projects. Around 1835, he walked northward to Kenosha, Wisconsin, where he had heard that land was cheap. He managed to purchase a good-sized tract of land, some 300 acres, and set himself up as a builder and carpenter in the town. In Kenosha, he would partake in many public works projects, helping build churches and schoolhouses, something he would carry on in Muskegon. He stayed in Wisconsin until 1848, when he decided to move across to Muskegon. At that time, Muskegon was not much to look at, but Davis wanted a change of scenery and pace. When he arrived, he built a general goods store, the second one in town after Martin Ryerson's store. His store also sold lumber products such as shingles, boards, and fencing. In 1849, he led efforts to build the first school in Muskegon, something he had lots of experience in from his time in Wisconsin. Davis was also known for leading efforts to build churches in Muskegon. He also contributed to them greatly with an estimated $10,000 of gifts. Throughout his life, he was known as a very religious man and one who walked the walk. In his obituary, this passion is described as thus. His religion was not at all sentiment, but a practicality, something to do rather than something to believe in. In fact, in the 1850s, Davis would often have a horse-drawn sled that would pick up the ladies and bring them to church if the snow was deep. It was also discovered in his diary after his death that he frequently gave to families in need anonymously, eschewing any recognition of the deed. In the 1850s as well, Davis got involved directly in lumbering, partnering with Thomas Newell and A.D. Loomis, which he continued to be involved with until 1880, when the firm disbanded and sold off its assets. Davis also became the first president of the Muskegon Booming Company when it formed. In 1850, Chauncey Davis married his first wife, a Martha Grier, who died the following year. In 1853, he again married, this time a Ursa Hyde, who bore a daughter, also named Ursa. Ursa the Elder would die in 1854, and Ursa, Davis's daughter, would die in 1864 at the age of 10. Davis would marry once more, this time in 1859, to a Julia Wheeler. However, a tragedy struck Davis again when she died in 1861. He would remain single for the remainder of his life. In 1857, Chauncey Davis took one of his first steps in politics in Muskegon, being on the Muskegon Improvement Commission that was in charge of state funds to make the Muskegon River more navigable for boats and locks. They built several dams and dikes to help straighten the river to achieve this. This would be important for the continued growth of lumbering in the region. 
1859, Chauncey Davis, E.W. Merrill, and Robert Morris were selected to go to the state legislature and argue that Muskegon should become its own county. There had been talk for years about how best to manage the area. Residents didn't like the Ottawa County seat in Grand Haven, which at the time was difficult to get to and, quote-unquote, far away. The northern part of the county felt this even more and wanted to become part of Nuego County. So to try and keep it together, it was decided that Muskegon could be its own county. Upon arrival, they found much opposition. Davis later told the experience, quote, We were laughed at for thinking such a measure, and were told that all business of Muskegon could easily be done at Grand Haven, that the business was so light and would always continue so light that it would be a pleasure for Muskegon people to make occasional trips to Grand Haven on county business, searching records and attending the courts. Otherwise, that it would give us exercise, give elasticity to our limbs, enliven and invigorate the sluggish mental facilities to visit the county seat at Grand Haven. Instead of sitting down here upon a saw log or upon a little heap of sawdust and whittle away our time in comparative solitude. Unquote. By the end of it, though, the legislature approved the creation of a Muskegon County with a seat in Muskegon, laying out the county to how it remains today. Now with a seat at the legislature, they needed someone to represent Muskegon County, and Davis was duly elected in 1860 to be that figure. He was re-elected in 1862. During the Civil War, Davis was part of the Military and Public Land Committee and the Ways and Means Committee. After the war, Davis continued on in politics, and when Muskegon became an official city, he was elected its first mayor in 1870. He would serve as mayor in 1872 as well. During his time as mayor, he worked on several public good projects. Chief among them was the construction of roads and bridges. Davis also became a primary investor in the first railroad in Muskegon, one from the city to Ferrysburg. After finishing his run as mayor in 1873, Davis was put on the board of the Lumberman's Bank and served as president for the remainder of his life. Davis was asked many times to get back into politics, with run for state senate or for congress, but he would not oblige the nomination, instead preferring to stay at home and do what he could from there. He continued to stay in the Muskegon until his death from pneumonia on February 9, 1888, at the age of 75. At the time, he was living at the Occidental Hotel. His visitation took place at the Occidental, with many coming to pay respects. When his funeral was held, all the businesses in Muskegon closed, and the opera house, which was placed for the funeral, was so crowded that people couldn't get in the door. Chauncey Davis was known as a strong and resolute man, willing to cope with every duty as a man, citizen, and Christian, as summarized by the Chronicle. He had spent much of his life trying to help for the common good. It is estimated that he donated near $100,000 in his lifetime for various projects. After the funeral, Davis was buried at Evergreen Cemetery, land that had once belonged to him that he had sold to the city for the creation of said cemetery. Before I close out this episode, there is one more fact of interest I came across dealing with Chauncey Davis. That is... In 1913, the desk used by Davis when he was mayor was discovered in the basement of A.F. Temple's home. The beautiful walnut desk was then restored and donated to the mayor's office for use of all future mayors. No word on if it's still the mayor's desk today, but a neat legacy nonetheless. Thank you for joining us, and we'll be back next week. <laughs>